0: Welcome back, everybody, to The Luke Beasley Show. We have made it through another week of American politics. As you can see, if you're watching this uh, in video form or here, if you're listening to the podcast, possibly a little audio differences, it is because unexpectedly I'm having to record the show um, on the road, flew out of town. Here we are making it work, and I'll be back in studio on Monday, but lots to discuss. So let's dive right in. In the wake of the devastating mass shooting that took place in Nashville, Tennessee, leaving six people dead, three of which uh, being children, there justifiably were protests calling for action to address the issue of gun violence in the state of Tennessee and across the country. And Individuals who participated in these protests, specifically in Tennessee, um, included three Democratic state lawmakers, um, state representatives, who participated in these peaceful protests and even took it to the House floor, um, the Tennessee State House floor. And Republicans have now responded not by actually putting forward solutions and pushing to address gun violence but instead expelling two out of the three of those democratic lawmakers for protesting on the house floor now let me make something clear here peaceful didn't commit any crimes but did break decorum they weren't called upon to speak but they were um making noise anyways so the focus now of the tennessee republican party within the house of representatives in the state of tennessee is on these lawmakers not the issue that they were trying to call attention to which is gun violence which are these mass shootings which are the lives being lost and the focus became expelling Two out of three of these Democratic state lawmakers. Take a look from CNN. An extraordinary emotionally charged session marked by tense exchanges and punctuated by boos and chants from onlookers. Tennessee's Republican-controlled House of Representatives voted to expel two black lawmakers but failed to oust a third representative a week after the three Democrats led a gun reform protest in the chamber. And we will take a look at a little bit of video from that protest and then looking at um, some of these lawmakers, uh, what they had to say. And this hasn't happened except for twice since 1860. It's only happened twice since the 1860s um, for much more severe situations, of course, than this. And here's this being reported on ABC News with a little bit of the video from that protest
1: last week democratic reps justin jones justin pearson and gloria johnson led chance and held signs uh, even a bullhorn urging their republican colleagues to pass stricter gun laws after three children and three staffers were killed by a shooter at that school abc's jay o'brien is following this
0: so because of what you just saw there republicans began to focus again i say not on the issue they were calling attention to Not on the solutions that would address that problem, those devastating situations, but instead expelling, um, silencing through their power within this body, two of these lawmakers. Here is Democratic Representative, one of the individuals who was ousted, who was expelled um, in the state legislature responding to this. Take a look. And this is Justin J. Pearson.
2: We,
1: and you, are seeking to expel District 86's representation from this house in a country that was built on a protest. In a country that was built on a protest. You who celebrate July 4th, 1776, pop fireworks and eat hot dogs. You say to protest is wrong, because you spoke out of turn, because you spoke up for people who are marginalized. You spoke up for children who won't ever be able to speak again. You spoke up for parents who don't wanna live in fear. You spoke up for for, for Larry Thorne, who was murdered by gun violence. You spoke up for people that we don't wanna care about in a country built on people who speak out of turn, who spoke out of turn, who fought out of turn to build a nation. I come from a long line of people who have resisted.
0: Yep. Um, And then I'll also show you Democratic Representative Justin Jones.
3: For so long, this body, drunk with power, has modeled for the world what we know as nothing less than authoritarianism. And today is the climax of that behavior that a week after a mass shooting plagued our community, the most direct action this legislative body takes,
2: or should I say my colleagues on the other side of the aisle are taking, is to expel us for speaking
3: about the issues of weapons of war on our streets. We called for you all to ban assault weapons, and you respond with an assault on
0: democracy. And uh, last video that we'll get to here is of the third Democratic lawmaker who was targeted, attempted to be expelled, but didn't actually end up being expelled while the other two that I just showed you there were. And she got asked, this is uh, Gloria Johnson, Why did you not get expelled? Take a look.
4: So,
2: And and so before we get to what might happen, why were those two expelled and you weren't? Well, I think it's pretty clear I'm a six-year-old white woman and they are two young black men.
0: And that reality just can't be ignored here. Um. Nothing represents the incorrect stance of the Republican Party, yes, in the state of Tennessee, yes, specifically within their House of Representatives, the Republican majority there, but also nationwide, while there are Republicans who advocate for the correct stance, the prevailing view within the GOP on the state level and on the federal level is so incorrect. It is so against what will actually help to protect lives and make our community safer when it comes to gun violence, as we've discussed extensively over the last while, but especially the last few weeks. We see in other countries, they have different laws when it comes to guns and they don't see the gun violence that we see. We see in states that implement laws to more properly and reasonably regulate the gun how that impacts gun violence. And it's not to say, because this is always what is immediately gone to, that we shouldn't also focus on school safety, um, mental health, general investment in community, um, communities to make sure the environment there doesn't yield crimes of all types, but also the gun itself has to be more properly regulated we can't have the amount of and as loosely regulated guns as we do right now otherwise we will continue to see what we're witnessing and observing um, the tragedies day after day the lives being lost day after day and the response being in one of the states where one of these tragedies just happened to focus on expelling members who are trying to call attention to this issue and being successful in two out of the three is so horrendous it is so completely incorrect and um really highlights how broken of a political ideology the general prevailing view within the republican party is it it highlights that so accurately And it's truly horrifying. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is going to be running for president within the Democratic Party, seeking that Democratic uh, nomination. If Biden officially announces, he'll be challenging Biden, as is Marianne Williamson. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. got much more uh, prominent, or at least within the political discussion, more often during COVID um, for his or during the heat of kind of that era, um, his wild anti-vax views. And, you know, he used to be a best-selling author and environmental lawyer working on clean water issues, and then 15 years ago just obsessed with the anti-vax stuff, conspiracy theories, all of that, um, which drove him to say something rather horrifying that we'll get to in a comparison he made when it came to vaccine related things and Nazi Germany. We'll get to that. You've likely seen it before just to kind of contextualize his recent, um, moments of prominence, I guess I would say it. And so unfortunate, but getting to, uh, This first from CBS News, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running for president, and he's going to make the formal announcement in Boston. Kennedy's campaign team said Thursday he will officially declare his candidacy at an event Wednesday, April 19th, at the Boston Park Plaza Hotel. Kennedy, a Democrat, is 69 years old. He's the oldest son of Senator Robert F. Kennedy, who was assassinated while campaigning for president in 1968. He's also a nephew of President John F. Kennedy and the late Senator Ted Kennedy, who ran for president. In 1980, Kennedy filed a statement of candidacy Wednesday with the Federal Election Commission. And then also here's this being reported on CBS Boston.
5: Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running for president. The former environmental lawyer submitted his paperwork with the Federal Election Commission yesterday. Kennedy is an outspoken anti-vaccine activist known for spreading the debunked theory that vaccines cause autism. The son of late Senator Robert F. Kennedy is the second Democrat to join the 2024 race. Self-help author Marianne Williamson announced in March. President Biden is also expected to announce a bid for re-election.
0: And uh, now we'll get to the moment I was referencing where he talks about in Hitler's Germany, people had some options for freeing themselves, but now all of the options are being taken away. And he references Anne Frank specifically just completely detached from reality, as you'll see, Um, and we'll discuss further after this.
4: Even in Hitler, Germany, you could you could cross the Alps into Switzerland, you can hide in an attic like Anne Frank did. I visited in nineteen sixty-two East Germany with my father and met people who had climbed the wall and escaped. So it was possible. Many died truly, it, but it was possible. Today the mechanisms are being put in place that will make it so none of us can run and none of us can hide. The Within five years, we're going to see 415,000 low-orbit satellites. Bill Gates says his 65,000 satellites alone will be able to look at every square inch of the planet 24 hours a day. They're putting in 5G to harvest our data and control our behavior, digital currency that will allow them to punish us from a distance and cut off our food supply vaccine passports
0: and afterwards um if i'm not mistaken he had to come out and he apologized or try to clarify but that just very much highlights a lens in which you're looking at the world that is deeply deeply flawed to say that we're going to have less options for escaping the persecution than those in nazi germany had and frank um that just completely wrong, and like I said, reflects a way of looking at the world, uh, the way that he's bought into these conspiracy theories that causes him to just completely be incapable of accurately analyzing these realities and these conversations. So, a very i mean the longest of shots candidacy obviously he's not going to be able to defeat biden if biden announces unless the world just completely got turned on his head but it is notable and it will be fascinating to observe how he tries to uh, win over democratic voters with this past and just uh with not a whole lot in recent memory of things to run on um and a message that people will buy into. At least that's my read of the situation. Pretty wild. Let me know what you think. Luke P. Beasley on Twitter. I have a moment for you from Fox News where they're attempting to do what is often the case on Fox News, which is use some random culture war issue or um, story of something going woke to distract from... The issues that are facing their viewers and the material well-being of their viewers, and this is Fox News running cover for the fact that the party they support, uh, uh, you know, bolster the message of the Republican Party, isn't actually putting forward policy solutions to the issues facing the viewers of Fox News. So instead, they have to be outraged about something else. They have to be distracted by something else, and in this case, it's the Little Mermaid and how they're changing a song or something and that's going woke because it's making the song more consensual um fox news is saying this is i i don't even care guys i don't care i just don't care i don't even care what the story's about you're about to see it's all dumb it's dumb um and it's so dumb that even one of the fox news hosts can't exactly stay um on script he can't stay with the message of this is all so dumb and it's the woke mob coming for the things that you love. That's how dumb this segment is. But this is what Fox News is there to do. Distract the viewers from the fact that the politicians Fox, uh, Fox News supports aren't actually attempting to improve their material well-being. Take a look at this. The Little Mermaid is going woke, according to Fox News.
1: Well, some of the songs in Disney's live action reboot of The Little Mermaid are getting a major rewrite, all in the name of woke ideology. Let's bring in tonight's culture club from Fox News Headlines 24-7, entertainment reporter Michelle Polino and sports reporter Eric Messersmith. Thank you both for coming on, I appreciate it. So The Little Mermaid's getting a little lyric redo because apparently these lyrics are offensive because it's all about consent, right? The lyrics of Kiss the Girl are, put on the screen, Yes You Want Her, Look at her. This is Sebastian, right? The crab singing this. Look at her. You know, you do possible. She wants you to. There is one way to ask her. It don't take a word, not a single word. Go on. Kiss the girl. It's in a Jamaican accent, right? From Sebastian, the crab. It's unbelievable, Michelle, that they're looking at this and seeing something offensive in it that you.
0: One of the things they always try to do, and you'll see the host I'm talking about um, or the guy on this panel he's on board and then you'll notice he eventually can't take it anymore. Uh, but they apply some narrative that isn't as silly there. So they'll say, because the woke mob is so outraged about this song, it's getting changed. I haven't seen any outrage uh, outrage about the song. I just think the individual producing the live action version went, Oh, maybe we'll change it. Who cares? Who cares at all? We have actual problems that need to be addressed and instead we're worried about the wokeness of Little Mermaid. Goodness, continuing.
1: ...this and seeing something offensive in it that you need to give consent and it's got to be clear. Right, I, I'm... <laughs> I
0: i got to say, I don't even care. If this doesn't get changed, it doesn't matter to me. But it's funny how he worded that. They're saying somehow you have to get consent and it has to be clear.
1: Hmm. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, uh, how many kids are running around saying, Mom, did you hear that, Crab? They, you know, they told me to kiss a girl without asking her for consent. Right. I mean, how do they get this idea to change the lyrics? I mean, they did it, if you remember, with the uh, I really can't stay, right, it's right. well, baby it's cold outside. Right, <laughs> um, and, you know, everybody preferred the, yeah. the, the old one. So so Sebastian can't say kiss the girl, but boy, Cardi B, and she can just <laughs> roll with anything. Man. She can say whatever. She, we can't even put it on the screen. That's how bad Cardi B's songs are. But she can say whatever she wants to. Nobody says a word. It's all fine.
0: They act like there's this big uh, kind of consortium. There's an organization of people saying, this is now bad. This is okay. That's not how it works. One guy who is responsible for deciding, you know, what is in the Little Mermaid live action in terms of music and what's not and how it's going to be produced and all of that, he goes, huh, interesting. We could take this and change it to reinforce messages about consent or whatever, okay? Um, and that's his choice. He's using his free speech ability and his creative liberty to make that decision. There's not a big organization deciding, this is now not woken up, this is... It's just people making individual decisions and using their ability within certain circumstances. In this case, the guy um, responsible for these songs to intertwine a message that he feels is more po- more positive. He has that ability. Okay, why? No one cares. Maybe they... Correction, they care a lot.
1: We should change it to the modern version would be ask the girl for specific and clear consent. Right. Ask her how long the kiss should be, what kind of kiss it would be, then it would be okay. <laughs> I just saw Little Mermaid for the first time in my life like three months ago. My wife finally made me watch it. It's a great movie. We saw it every night. We have two young daughters. We saw it every night for 47 years running. We knew every word, every lyric. It was fantastic. By the way, I just want to put this up. Poor Unfortunate Soul's lyrics also had to change. The men up there don't like a lot of blabber. They think a girl who gossips is a bore. Yet on land, it's much preferred for ladies not to say a word. And after all, dear, what is idle babble for? And that's simply saying that you know women are being taught to just hush up and not say a word. Okay, that one I'm actually with changing. That probably doesn't send a great message to women that the best way she to get a the man. She voice. That, I mean, she, How her can her she can't. How say anything? Speak. Any she doesn't uh, have a voice. I anymore. don't know. I don't know. I'm okay nah. with changing.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> he could have taken it. Hmm. Okay, maybe that one's alright to take out. Um again, it's not they make it an end of the world discussion about how this is a thing that everyone's worried about. The writer, or whatever the term is for the person in the live action remake who gets to decide what is done with the music, how it's produced, all of that. Um he's making a decision, a decision to change it up a little bit and wants to reinforce certain messages and doesn't want to reinforce others. He gets to do that. Okay. Um, I never would hear about these stories unless Fox News was constantly freaking out about them. Xbox is going woke because they have a power down function to save energy. The stoves are being taken away and on and on it goes just to distract from the fact that their ideology does not put forward actual solutions to the actual problems facing people. So it has to be constant obsessions with things that really don't matter and constant obsessions with the woke monster. So that their audience is afraid and votes for Republicans and continues to watch their network instead of asking reasonable questions about what are, what are the actual solutions being talked about from those that Fox News, uh, Fox News helps to bolster the message of and Fox News in their ideology. And look at this. Um, here's one photo of this being discussed on Fox News and then another from Fox Business, just screen grabs from their coverage. And then another from Fox News, getting a woke update, the little mermaid. And then another, this looks like, uh, from that same segment on Fox. business goodness 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 but that's what they do arizona independent senator kirsten cinema is preparing to run for re-election based on some reporting i have here for you and this actually has some significant ramifications because of the role that an independent candidate will play in an election where there's also a democratic and republican candidate and actually could be very dangerous for what it means about that race, that seat, that Senate seat. So before I discuss further um, on that front, here's the reporting from uh, the Wall Street Journal. Arizona Senator Christian Sinema, the Democrat turned independent, is preparing for a reelection campaign setting the stage for what could be an unpredictable three-way contest in the highly competitive state. Miss Cinema and her team gathered in Phoenix earlier this week for a staff retreat, according to people familiar with the session. One meeting included a slideshow laying out a timeline of a potential run, according to slides reviewed by the Wall Street Journal. While Miss Cinema hasn't announced her plans, the materials reviewed by the journal provide details on steps Miss Cinema is taking to potentially run for re-election. And then it starts to dive into some of the effects of this but i can kind of summarize that for you because kirsten cinema is an independent but used to be a democrat in theory if she ran she would get a lot of not a lot but of the voters that she got a lot of them would be democrats because presumably based on how she votes she's still more left of center even though of course she's assisted in the blocking of a lot of really good things that the Biden administration put forward and all of that um, we've walked through but still a good amount of democrats likely if she's going to get votes we'll get we'll, we'll vote for her and it'll be democrats and so that'll take away from the democratic candidate and the republican could be helped now she's going to frame this as i'm this interest candidate and we'll get a little republican little democrat i don't see that as very likely um just in the current political environment we're in and hopefully Based on polling, Ruben Gallego, who's the Democrat, who's in the race right now, will likely be the Democratic nominee for that uh, senatorial cam- uh, election. He still polls well, even when someone like Carrie Lake is the other person being polled. Carrie Lake, uh, Kirsten Cinema as an in independent, and then Ruben Gallego. But it's going to be a lot harder to defeat someone such as Carrie Lake if you have Kirsten Cinema just mixing things up in there. And that's what I'm really afraid of. Kirsten Sinema is very unpopular now um, within the state, and so I don't think she's going to be able to win as an independent. Pretty confident, actually. I would put a good amount of money down that she will not be able to win if she decides to run for re-election. She's alienated so many of the core uh, groups of her Democratic base with her obstruction, with a lot of things that really would have benefited um, her voters, that the Biden administration and every other Democratic senator other than Manchin um, were on board with and put forward and were pushing. And it was her um, and Joe Manchin who stood against that. And that while for Joe Manchin didn't hurt him because he's in West Virginia, it did hurt her. And so she will have a very difficult time running a reelection campaign. But she'll get some support. Um, and that could be very damaging for the Democratic candidate. Maybe she takes Republican votes. I just don't see that as likely. Um, but feel free to disagree with me. You can find me all over the place. One of them being Instagram, Luke Beasley official. I have a moment here I want to take a look at with you from the five on Fox News. Uh, and then we'll look at Laura Ingram, um, on Fox News as well. Both, this is Dana Perino first and then Laura Ingram, both realizing, um, if nothing else, that the Democratic Party is being more successful in areas, especially as Dana Perino will highlight, when it comes to running on abortion rights, than maybe was expected or than the Republican Party wants to accept. And then, as I've been walking through over the last few days, if the Republican Party, and they don't say this specifically, um but it's kind of what they're getting at doesn't change which if they want to keep losing they can keep losing (laughs) fine by me but just from a strategic point of view if they don't change they're going to become incapable um, of winning national elections not that we can take that for granted we have to make sure that absolutely they can't win for example Trump's 2024 race and all of that and it's not a given. But if they continue to lean into things that are unpopular generally, and especially as the younger generations come into political um, activism and actually showing up more to the polls and all of that, the GOP is going to have to change or they're just going to lose because they are not aligned with the views of the majority of the country. And that's showing itself, especially on the issue of abortion rights, and the election denying getting rejected in the midterms in multiple elections and countless other issues, but those being two big ones. And we'll talk about this more after uh, walking through these two clips, but very fascinating realizations going on within right-wing media here and there. Take a look at Dana Perino.
2: I want to point out something else, though. Republicans yesterday lost the Wisconsin Supreme Court race as well. There was something very interesting that happened in Chicago that's connected with Wisconsin in my mind. Well, two things, actually. This guy, the new mayor, Brandon Johnson, most of the ads that he did against Paul Vallis were about abortion. Because 10 years or so ago, Paul Vallis said something mildly supportive of a pro-life position. Mm -hmm. But then said, but I just want everybody to do their own thing. But for me personally, I would be pro-life. So they tagged him as a pro-life crazy nut, and there was no response on it. And that has nothing to do with the running of a city. Now go next door to Wisconsin, Republicans lose by 10 points. Mm -hmm. Now they won a lot of the conservative ballot issues, the issues that are on the ballot, but the candidate on the Republican Supreme Court case, he lost by 10 points. And Republicans used to be able to count on their voters turning out in the midterms. The left has really woken up To making sure that Gen Z gets out and vote. If you look at the vote and where it came from, especially in Wisconsin, at the University of Madison, for example, University of Wisconsin in Madison, it was staggering. The numbers are staggering, and that is going to happen all across the country.
0: Right. So um, we covered all in one segment how you had the Wisconsin Supreme Court election result where the more liberal um, candidate won by. A significant margin. You had the progressive in the Chicago mayor race and you have actions in Michigan being taken to protect abortion rights. The voting yes, uh, the voters voting yes on a constitutional amendment to protect reproductive rights. And we saw the results in Kansas to protect reproductive rights. And as I said, the midterms with the rejection of election deniers and anti-abortion individuals. And that's significant it's playing a huge role and republicans don't want to deal with that they don't want to change um in a response to that take a look at laura ingram
2: a focus on getting this man and getting him again and getting him again they're not going to stop right and we find out tonight that the wisconsin supreme court flipped and became controlled by the democrats there was that one race that they thought might go to the republican republicans lost that so the republican party has enormous challenges even in that the headwinds that the democrats have created with this horrific economy So you got to get more votes somewhere. You got to get the votes in order to have the power. Democrats last election and in the midterms had the votes, more votes that they thought they were going to get.
0: So there's her trying to highlight the Republican Party needs to find a way to get votes and you're seeing a panic within some of these right-wing media figures and likely politicians as well because they created this monster. They created a world where this radical detached from reality part of the party could exist and could drive the agenda of the party. They could make all of politics, this big political stunt show and focusing on the most radical position within the party and all of that. And the house majority, the Republican house majority focusing on all these different conspiracy driven, um, uh, investigations and all of that. And it is the monster that Fox news helped to create. But now they're panicking because it's hurting them electorally. Um, And it's going to be fascinating to watch how that develops because it's not going to be sustainable. Now, that is if we can get through um, the dangerous period of time where these anti-democratic views could do so much damage to our democratic process that the future that we're in there is so uh, scary that it doesn't uh, relate to the analysis I'm giving. But if we get through this moment and can protect our democracy, then the reality of the Republican Party is in is a very bad one for them, unless they change um, and stop allowing the most radical part of the party to drive the agenda, as I said, which is definitely the case. And they keep choosing these candidates. Um, and it's because a big part of the Republican Party is the MAGA election denying group, so they don't think they're losing, right? They can't say, we need to stop picking such radical candidates because we just keep losing because they think it's being stolen. So of course, they're going to continue with the people who are saying it's stolen and they're going to, if we can get them in and fight to make it not get stolen, because they, they don't think that they're legitimately losing. And that causes a cycle where enough of the base and enough of these elections is siding with the conspiracy theorists with the election deniers with the completely out of touch on abortion rights candidate. And and that's part of it. And some just don't want to compromise, but part of it is they genuinely don't think people are losing. Um, and then they will hopefully continue to lose because people generally in the United States today, the majority is not on board with that ideology. And that's a good thing. And we will see how the Republican party, uh, responds but i say once again number one this is the monster they created so now they're having to deal with it the negative repercussions for them um in the short term it was beneficial to rile people up and let all these conspiracy theories run wild and allow them to detach from reality now it's hurting them and that is on them um, and number two, I'm not advocating for us to take that for granted. We have to do everything to make sure that's the reality, that they do indeed continue to lose uh, more than expected. And when they're able to get in power, like Marjorie Green in a really bad district, we'll have a lot of those figures still. And if Trump were able to win, so much damage, damage can be done. And when you know you're not actually popular enough to consistently win elections, but you, you're able to get your hands on power, that's when very dangerous things are done. And that's what we have to watch out for. And it's part of why I want to continue this discussion to remind everyone they're not a party that based on their ideology, based on their policy positions can win uh, within the current reality. And, And I mean, nationally, they can win here and there, but nationally, consistently, and especially as the younger generation gets active through just running on their beliefs. So they're going to have to find ways to attain power In other ways, being dishonest about their beliefs, distracting from their beliefs, and uh, possibly just all around trying to subvert our democracy as Trump did. Very notable moment, and honestly terrifying moment, but good that America is definitely um, fed up, at least the majority, with the very radical part of the Republican Party. Tucker Carlson did an interview with Adam Carolla and I want to walk through some of the moments from this. It was a podcast interview. It's just fascinating when I come across podcast moments from Tucker Carlson when he does these interviews because his dishonesty is less effectively delivered whenever he's in this setting. When he doesn't have the script and the proper setting, um, he's not as effective at delivering his dishonesty. So it kind of makes it just fascinating to analyze I guess because of his ability to effectively manipulate the minds of so many people clearly with him being the large cable news host and the disastrous rhetoric he puts out there. But the last two clips we're going to get to are so bizarre. Um, number one, he's talking about Charles Manson, the serial killers, sex life. How'd we get there? And number two, he blurts out, uh, somewhat randomly if he's accused of a crime it he was framed (laughs) so we'll get to those but first um he's talking about the left and those in washington who hate him and it gets him to the subject of nato and he does the little bit he does all the time about trump and nato and his stance on not understanding the point of nato and i'll respond to that after we take a look at this
3: and they know that i know and so that's why they hate me. I'm just being honest. I mean, I honestly think that. I've never been yelled at by anybody's housekeeper, any cab driver. The only people I've ever been yelled at are from that world. And it's the world that I'm from. So it's like, yeah, okay, honey, I know who you are. Oh, it's that's interesting. Oh, it's totally true. Ask them. Some of my producers are in the room and they're nodding because they travel with me. It's always that. It's always 100% that. And, and that, so I'm like a traitor or something, and I'm from Washington. You know, I spent my whole life in Washington, and like they're all super mad at me because I watched them go insane. I watched Trump, whatever you think of Trump, call bullshit on a bunch of their different longstanding scams, particularly in foreign policy. When Trump said, What's the point of NATO? And they called him a racist for asking. I was like, Oh, wait a second. You hate him because he's calling bullshit on your schemes and you don't have a good answer. You can't tell me what the point of NATO is. What is the point of NATO? I'll listen patiently as you explain, oh, well, uh, shut up, racist. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's your answer? You know, so
5: I- You be- just sounded like someone doing an impersonation of you. No, In well- In last
3: five seconds. Okay, but it's just
4: heartfelt. I mean,
3: like, I, I really feel that way and I was there and I saw it. I know I worked for Bill Crystal for six years. I know how this works. So yeah. I'm not guessing. And they I, really hate that. I also have a th-
0: so that's a bit he's done multiple times now. Oh, Trump got in there and asked, what's the point of NATO? And no one had a response. They just said he was racist. Uh, I don't even know what he's referencing. Uh, I tried to find a story about that, but I, I don't even know what the context of that would be. Maybe if he was saying something specific within the conversation about NATO that got uh, Or maybe tucker's making it up send me something if you have an example of that happening um but the reason why nato should not be abolished or the united states shouldn't pull out of it there's an actual argument that tucker doesn't want to engage with so instead it's about people calling trump racist um the reason is actually being highlighted with russia's invasion of ukraine would russia um have at all but at least have been anywhere as likely to invade ukraine if ukraine was a part of nato absolutely not they would have been much less likely to invade ukraine if ukraine was a part of nato because that would have been declaring war against um or with all of nato the united states included and so when you have a military alliance with countries that are smaller and uh less powerful militarily than the united states but they're protected by the united states then they are going to be in a better situation where um the united states general interests across the board are actually being represented by the stability and by the um unity that that creates with us and other countries and our um ambition for russia not to be able to do what they would like to do in invading these countries and all that so the united states benefits and also these smaller countries are protected in a way they would never could be by themselves because the most powerful military is behind them um, if Russia were to invade. So that's the point. You can disagree with it, but that's the point of NATO. Pretending like the only argument against Tucker Carlson's anti-NATO stance is you're a racist is so disingenuous. And I say again, we're watching the point of NATO right now because Ukraine is being invaded. And we know Russia would be much less likely to invade a country such as Poland— because of their membership in NATO. Next moment here, more on him getting called a racist.
5: Yeah, they also think that you're supposed to cower in fear when they wag their finger at you, and Um. especially the things like the race card. For them, (laughs) that always works for them. And that can shut every
3: detractor up. If I were a racist, it would work on me, but I'm actually not. And so I'm not guilty about it at all. Yes. And, you know, if they ever attack me on things that I, you know, I have, I do have some bad attitudes about things. Mostly I admit them. But if they ever attacked me on something I was guilty of, they would shut me up. Right. If I was, like, cheating on my taxes and they're like, you're cheating on your taxes. I'd be like, oh, well, I don't cheat on my taxes. But calling me a racist like i'm actually not a racist and i'm not my my views are i'm not embarrassed in my views at all i don't think i should be
0: yeah so that's always the beneficial way to frame it for someone like tucker cross and am i a racist no my heart i'm not i know i'm not so they must be wrong so they must be unhinged because they're saying i'm a racist like it's an inherent characteristic and some people who are even loving that criticism do they have a misunderstanding about this conversation sure but Tucker Carlson doesn't want to engage with the actual criticism of his ideology, the rhetoric he puts out there, being racist. He wants to make it about, was I born racist? Will I always be racist? No, I'm not. I know myself. I'm not. It's not That's irrelevant. I don't care where your heart's at. I care the actions you're taking, the way that you communicate things to your viewers, the rhetoric you put out there. And it's just clear night after night, because Tucker Carlson benefits from this, from the standpoint of viewership he divides people in many different ways and one of them is along racial lines and so whether or not as a human in your personal life you see yourself as racist which is irrelevant the criticism the important part of the criticism is that you promote things on your show that promote racism and racist ideologies and he doesn't want to engage with that because that would be actually engaging with the merits of the argument and as we saw at the last clip as well he doesn't like doing that it all has to be this completely oversimplified and straw man um, straw manned argument that he pretends is coming from the left of they just think i'm a ra i'm a racist i was born a racist i'm inherently a racist and i know myself not to be it's just it's dumb uh next clip here we start getting into the weird extra weird stuff. This is him getting on the subject of Charles Manson's sex life, but it starts out with a conversation about masks. Take a look.
5: And it's insane. You know, the difference is, is if your rural community of a hundred people got the science wrong, it would be fine because they're not making policy decisions. So we have the sort of, I, I, I believe it's a lack of religion and it's- Of course it is. And it's place superstition. And, and, you know, if you just think we should all look back on this era and think about this phrase, mask up in between bites. The notion that that was even uttered from a mouth, much less a, a mouth of authority, into a microphone or into the galley, you know, into the alleyway of an airplane at the beginning, the idea that somebody just said mask up in between bites and we listened is, is in it's, it's insane. The, the Manson family is not as insane as the person I, that I came agree. up with mask up in between bites.
3: And they had more sex than your average, <clears throat> and a, probably healthier sex lives than your average. The Mansons, for sure. Mm, you know, yes. leader of our society now. They're all weird, androgynous, celibate, creepy, isolated people who are encouraging children but to the, be androgynous and celibate and isolated. But the, it's the, like,
4: whoa, it's, whoa, it's, oh, 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 it,
3: but the, I'm opting out, oh. dude. This is too dark for me. But it's.
0: So, setting aside the Manson family's uh, sex life, <laughs> the thing about the masks, there were there were totally things done that weren't logical. Yeah, but I will a hundred percent defend the fact that in a situation where there were so many unknowns, so many people dying, we now have more than a million people dead in this country from COVID. There, we're going to be a lot of people saying, "Let's just try to." Overdo it as far as safe. If we can put the mask on, but it might not make any sense. We don't know for sure. We're still trying to study some of this. Let's just be extra safe. That that to me is not irrational. That's just trying to make sure um, all the steps are taken. And if some extra steps that weren't necessary are taken, okay, it's not the worst thing in the world. What is the worst thing in the world is people dying because we don't take enough precautions. Um, and so this reflection upon COVID, and we look at the irrational things, and people go. Whoa! <laughs> We have to remember we were in a crisis. We didn't know what was going on. There was so much confusion. So yeah, erring on the side of caution is not irrational. It's definitely not crazier than the Manson family, I gotta say. Um, and then final clip, just no in- introduction needed. Take a look. Go to you know places where they congregate in
3: general. I'm not welcome there. And that's fine with me. I'm just, I'm also middle-aged, you know, I'm out. I don't care what they think. And I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. I, I hope it's evident. And I feel like they don't have a leash on me. And I do think at some point, they'll probably figure out a way to get me. And if I ever get caught with, you know, a quarter pound of heroin in my truck or kitty porn on my computer, you'll know that they've gotten me. You know, if they accuse me of some crime, I'm just telling you now, it's not real, but whatever. The... But until then, I am I just don't care because I don't think the people who call you a Nazi, when you're arguing against the Nazi positions, I always have and always will, I don't think they're arguing in good faith. I don't think it means anything. It's dogs barking. It's just not relevant to me at all.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's that. <laughs> if he's ever found with kitty born or heroin he was framed all right well it has been said it has been put out there now if it happens he should be let off i guess so strange um but there it is tucker carlson and adam carolla thank you all so much for watching and listening to today's show i will see you on the monday show